Welcome to Talking Sense. I'm Mark Osorio. And I'm Teresa Arago. We're financial advisors, and if there's one thing we understand, it's that money can be confusing. So get ready, because we're breaking down what you don't know about money today on Talking Sense. We've spoken in the past about our original reason for starting this podcast, to teach people what they don't know about money. Right. And before I began my career here, there were lots of terms that I had heard, but I honestly didn't understand them. So one of the things we've talked about is how we want to help you decode those. So today we're going to tackle cost of living. As the name suggests, cost of living is the amount of money needed to cover your basic expenses based on where you live. But why should you care about this topic? Well, that's because it affects a lot of your life. So we're Mm going to talk about a few different areas of your life that this affects. Even beyond just your living expenses and you, uh, what we talk about a lot of times is people lowering their expenses to make that cost of living go down. Yes. But one of the areas that cost of living actually affects a lot apparently is job hunting, right? So Mm -hmm. your job situation. There was a study done by Allied earlier this year and they found that 36.96%, so basically almost 40% of people when they were relocating for a job, they were doing it for the opportunity to earn more money. But it's really important that you understand the cost of living where you're relocating to because it can have a huge impact on your buying power. So we looked at, there's some interesting calculators you can find online, and we looked at comparing a few different places. So for instance, Houston versus Dallas, those those aren't actually very far from each other, but rent is 17% lower in Houston Restaurants and groceries are over 10% lower in Houston. So even Mm -hmm. just close by places, the cost of living can be very different. Now, a little bit further away, Mm -hmm. if you look at the difference between Little Rock versus San Francisco. And I'm not shocked by these numbers totally, but I kind of was. Yeah, yeah. So my brother used to live in the Bay Area. uh, Mm -hmm. So he lived in Oakland, which is even uh, a little bit less expensive than San Francisco. But even then, he was paying over $3,000 a month for like a thousand square feet. That just, that makes me cry. So when we look at rent uh, in that comparison, so rent in San Francisco is on average about 261% higher. That's basically three times. Yeah. Three times higher than what you would pay here in Little Rock where we record this show. What about groceries? Yeah, groceries are about 67% higher. Yes. My husband went on a trip to California earlier this year and he was just he he's the type of person that when he finds something that he thinks is just ridiculous, he calls me and he would call me and be like, babe, I'm in the grocery store. You know that ice cream that we normally get for three dollars? It is eight dollars here. Like I was was just exhausted hearing how much more expensive things were while he was on his trip. Yeah. I remember my first few trips out to California and just seeing that, you know, I think back at that time, gas here in Arkansas was probably about dollar fifty a gallon mm-hmm. or something like that, and over there it was like four fifty or something like that. Oh wow! So yeah, that was my. I remember my first experience of seeing that cost of living difference. Yes, and so when you look at all the variables involved in the cost of living in San Francisco, your purchasing power in general is about twenty eight percent lower. So if your increase in pay is only twenty percent. Mm-hmm you're actually losing ground there. So it's really important to make sure your income at the new location is going to be sufficient to offset the cost of living differences before you lose your purchasing power and before you make that job decision. It's really interesting what you were talking about earlier with the uh, differences even in shorter distances, right? Mm -hmm. I've talked to many folks here that work here in Little Rock, but they'll live in Conway, for example, Mm -hmm. or Cabot, you know, because 
cost of living there is actually even less than here in Little Rock. Yes, I did that for a long time. I lived in Conway and worked in North Little Rock. Mm-hmm. And then I've lived in Bryant and worked in Little Rock. So mm-hmm. it is, it, it's why a lot of people commute because of simple things like trying to get groceries. Yeah. You know, it can be ridiculous the differences between here and even Maumelle. Right, which I'm sure that also kind of changes whenever the price of gas fluctuates so much like it has over the past couple of years. Yes, and I've noticed even within my own town, the location of the gas station can affect where the how much you're paying for gas. Oh, yeah. Which you would think the ones next to the interstate are going to be the most expensive, but actually mm-hmm. because they're in Marche, mm-hmm. which is nearby North Little Rock kind of area, you, you got to live nearby. <laughs> Those of you who live in the North Little Rock area know what I'm talking about. It's actually cheaper, okay. even though it's a half a mile away from... The, the other gas stations. It's like right there at the interstate. Oh, okay. Um, but, you know, job hunting is one thing that cost of living should be considered when you're talking about it. The yeah. other is spending plans. Inflation is a buzzword lately, right? Oh, yeah. And inflation does affect your cost of living. All of us are feeling it this year for the first time in a long time. I think we we know it's happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know things are more expensive now than when I was in college, but yeah. I haven't really felt the pinch until this year. Yeah. That's significant, you know, because from all of the inflation readings, right, the the CPI readings, as they call it, we've had quite a bit of inflation. And just until last week, right, we finally broke under that 8% mm-hmm. inflation uh, mark for that for a 12 rolling month period. Yes. So that was a big cause for celebration. for And, and hopefully a it's starting a trend that maybe it will come down a little bit. Um, who knows? Yeah. But, I mean, have you reevaluated your spending plan? So that's that's another word for a budget for those that haven't been listening to the show for long. With all the changes that have happened in this past year, have you taken time to reevaluate your spending plan to make sure that it's still mm-hmm. working? Yeah. So, okay, how often should you reevaluate that spending plan? Because kind of like should we were just talking about. Should or do? Because those are two <laughs> different things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I guess we can cover both of those. But uh, because... With such drastic changes in inflation, right, then, I mean, that might cause, a, you know, be a reason to reevaluate that plan more often. Yes. Yeah, so the kind of, you know, rule of thumb for evaluating your spending plan and making adjustments, especially when you're first starting to use one, is once a month. Okay. Now, many have gotten to where they don't have to really reevaluate it every month. They might look at it quarterly. But if you haven't looked at it in the last few months, it would make a lot of sense to make sure that it's still good data because the reality is it's a junk in, junk out process. So if you put junk in, bad data in, then it's not as effective for you as it would be if you were to take the time to reevaluate those numbers and make sure they're right. Kind of like a quick process that I did over this past month was just looking at utilities expenses, right? Because Mm -hmm. I feel like utilities have actually gone up uh, quite a bit this yes. year, uh, especially, you know, gas, electricity, oil, um, water. I don't know. I haven't seen that one very much. Mine but, did. Yeah. Yeah. There was a reevaluation of the contract or something recently. Yeah. And so ours, everything went up in Maumel. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, that might need to look into that. Yes. But yeah, just to, to look at, okay, what, what are all my, you know, fixed expenses, right? I try mm-hmm. to keep things a little bit more, uh, more fixed, you know, to, bring a, a little bit less uncertainty in all of that. So I put all my utility bills on a leveled basis. Mm-hmm. That way, you know, it's not crazy high in the winter or in the summer months. And if you have a tighter budget, that might be a tip for you is if you have the ability to levelize your billing so that you don't have those shocks to your budget, mm-hmm. you know, because like winter months, certain bills are higher, summer months, certain bills are higher. 
that may be something to consider for you. But even then, I, I have seen how the cost of gas has increased quite a bit this year. As I'm looking at those changes, then that causes reason to uh, reevaluate that that process to see if you need to allocate more more funds towards things like utilities, things like groceries and gas and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but kind of like Teresa was saying, you will only see those big differences and that need to readjust if you already know what you've been spending. And that takes that time to get familiarized with your budget on a monthly basis to do that. Yes. And if you find that you're having difficulty staying within it with your discretionary money, maybe time to switch to a cash basis for a while. And um, that always works for me when I'm needing to kind of tighten things up. Mm -hmm. I'll carry cash and that's all I get to spend yeah. because it makes me more intentional in how I spend it. Right. So we've talked about job hunting. We've talked about spending plans. What's another area that people need to be aware of the impact of cost of living? The biggest one that we really talk about here in our meeting rooms is our retirement plan. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's because that is one of the biggest risks to your retirement is the amount of inflation, right, that mm -hmm. that we're going to see from now until you retire. As that rate of inflation goes up, then that only means that your savings rate needs to also uh, go up with that mm -hmm. to be able to keep up with inflation. Yes. And we always talk about retirement planning sort of like building a roadmap. If you don't know where you're going, then you really can't build a map to get there. So evaluating your current expenses and your current cost of living will help you figure out what it might be later. And we talked about the whole job change thing earlier, but you know, in retirement, some people want to take a location change. Right. Some people want to retire in a different state or different city than where they worked or lived during their working years. So it may make sense to look at your current cost of living and then uh, use one of those calculators to figure out what the cost of living is for the location you're wanting to go at. Because when it comes to us for retirement planning, we need really two numbers. We need your required income. We need to know your desired income. Required income covers those things you can't control, like your electricity bill, your cell phone bill, your housing expenses. Your desired income is what you like to do. Right. If we have those two numbers in today's figures, we can do all the math for you from that point forward. But your advisor does need that information to really plan well for you. Yeah. And because ultimately between now and retirement, the two biggest you know, variables that's, that you've got at your disposal to be able to keep up, let's say, with inflation is your savings rate right, mm -hmm. and then your rate of return. And you really don't have no. much control over your rate of return, but you do have control over that savings rate. And when it comes to that rate of return, I think if you look at all the data historically, really what you do have control over is not panicking. You know, you you can't control whether the market's up or down like this year, nor can we. If we could, we would be way wealthier than we are. But uh, <laughs> you can choose not to panic. When the market goes down, you just have to tell yourself, hey, it's OK. I'm fine. I don't need the money today um, and not pull back out just because the market's down, because historically you're going to be in better shape if you just stay the course. And one thing that we do when we're planning for retirement also is we plan for increases in your um, income throughout retirement. We have a bucketing strategy that we use where we take the funds that you bring to us at retirement and we put them in investments that are based on when you're going to use them. So it allows us to not, not just go totally conservative mm -hmm. because when you think about retirement nowadays, people are living long time That's in right. retirement. And so we've got to be able to overcome the big risks of retirement, inflation being one of them, which is affects your cost of living. Uh, longevity, making sure you've got funds to last throughout your retirement, whether that's 30 or 40 years. That bucketing strategy is one of those unique things we have here at Gen Wealth that mm -hmm. we use for our clients. 
Right. I mean, just this week, I was talking to to a client of mine during a review, and uh, one of the things that that they were asking about is, you know, I know that right now, you know, they. Uh, he said we're in a very high growth, right? Meaning a lot more aggressive type of investment, right? So he was asking, okay, as we get closer to retirement, where are you going to be dialing that back, right? And I went through and explained exactly what you just did, mm-hmm. right? Through our bucketing strategy. So that uh, bucketing strategy, through that, what we were trying to do is make sure that you will always have a growth component mm-hmm. to your retirement funds because. Even when you retire, right, a lot of a misconception that a lot of folks can have is that you're supposed to be completely conservative and not really looking for any sort of aggressive growth anymore or anything like that. And that could be a really, really hurtful philosophy to have, because even when you're on day one of retirement, hopefully you still got 20, 30 more yeah. years you know, to live using those funds. So that just uh, shows that huge need to keep growing those funds because a gallon of gas won't cost the same in day one of retirement than it will near 20 a year, 25 of retirement. And the reality is you don't need every dollar day one. So right. not every dollar needs to be protected. Now, with this bucketing strategy, funds that you need in a short period of time are absolutely conservative. But if you don't need it for 10, 15, 20, 25 years, why in the world would you set it on the sideline and get 1% to 2% on it if you don't have to? So that's the beauty of the segmentation process there. But again, to get there, to know what we need to do to get there, we've got to start here. And we've got to understand what your cost of living is today. So it will require a little bit of work on you. But more than anything, we wanted you to understand that it is fluid to a degree. Where you live can affect that. So if you're living in a big city and you're going, man, I have no money left, maybe it's time to consider moving to a suburb. Maybe you have the ability to take a job somewhere, but make sure you're considering the impact of your cost of living so that you can make the best decision for you and your family. The last thing that I would say as well is when you're looking at your cost of living, right? If you're used to a a very lavish lifestyle, right? Then that's only going to require more funds in retirement as well, Mm -hmm. right? So a lot of of times what uh, we have to do is just to lower that cost of living to make retirement more affordable for people. So if retiring early is uh, is your goal, then that might be something worth looking into. Yes, so it's time for our two cents. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mine would be that understanding the many things that impact your purchasing power helps you make adjustments and develop confidence in your financial future. Although you don't have control over inflation, you do have power to make decisions that position you for success despite it. And when you're looking at relocating, right, to make a little bit more money, always make sure to do your research because while you might be making a little bit more income, if the cost of living at that place is higher, you might be needing to stretch out those dollars more than you thought you would. Thank you for joining us today on Talking Sense. We have over 80 episodes now in the podcast, so you can check out to learn everything from how to ball on a budget to how much house you can afford. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube as well. Like and subscribe so you don't miss our future episodes either. Have a great day. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Talking Sense. And if you like what you hear, make sure and subscribe to the podcast to get all the newest episodes. The Gym Walt team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Or you can call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And while we like to have fun here, we're also financial advisors, and that means disclosures. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Jimwalt Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.